purpose. The title of my sermon today is The Battle of the Sexes. Hmm, the Battle of the Sexes. Where did the phrase come from? Do you know? Do you think you know? Most probably do not realize that it originated in the 1700s. Matter of fact, in 1723 it was first written. The words, the battle of the sexes. And it was written by this man, Samuel Wesley. You might remember the Wesley name as his family was well known in, as ministers. But Wesley wrote this in a poem in 1723. And the reason he wrote it was he had conflict in his family. Because his wife, starting in 1702, 20 years this battle had been going on because his wife would not say amen at the end of a prayer when it had to do with blessing the King of England. Husband and wife. She wouldn't do it. He was upset. Couldn't get her to change her mind. So he wrote a poem. <laughs> and this work was published. And that is the first time we know in uh, English that these words were actually spoken. Now, I don't know about you, the first time I ever heard them was having to do with an event that took place on October the 26th, 1975, when I was 16 years of age. Anybody know what that event was? No, that was in the 60s, but uh, <laughs> glad you remembered that. <laughs> I was 16 years old on a Sunday. And even though I was wanting to, to do some farm work, I told my dad I had to watch this epic battle between Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King. Anybody remember watching that? Oh, all men. Oh, there we go. Got one there. They made such a big deal out of it, didn't they? And when Billie Jean King won, if you really knew Bobby Riggs, he was really just a loudmouth who used it for promotion of himself, who at one time was a great tennis player, but he was no longer a great tennis player. Oh, but it became a, uh, a sideshow. Bring that out because ever since man has been on this planet, <laughs> this planet we call Earth, there has been the battle of the sexes. And it hasn't stopped. But it has evolved. Yes, it has evolved. And it concerns us today very, very much. So let's go back about 6,000 years ago 
and let's look at some of the beginnings. If you will, join me in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, as God was creating everything and put the animals and the creeping things and, and at the end, he says, and it was good. And then in chapter 1 and verse 26, it said, Then God said, Let us, hmm, not him, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. Something was added. Then it says, then God blessed them. Bless who? The male and female. Bless their union. This is how it's supposed to be. And he said, uh, be fruitful, multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And we see that that is what his purpose for them was. Now, if you go over to chapter 2 with me. Chapter 2, verse 18 and the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. God's a genius. I don't need to tell you that. God's a genius. So he walks these animals two by two, as the reference says, so he can see all the animals, the cows, the pigs, the elephants, everything comes two by two. And after naming all of them, which had to take quite a while, he looked around and he goes, where's mine? Right? He realized there was none for him. There's none like him. Ooh, what is this about? And so in verse 21, and the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs. God's not only a doctor, he's an anesthesiologist, he's a, I guess, everything he needs, we need him to be. And closed up the flesh in his place, even a plastic surgeon maybe. Verse 22, then the rib which the Lord had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And Adam said, Wow. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine this? Pigs, cows, 
dogs. Oh! Wow. You think he was pleased? I think so. I think so. As a matter of fact, it says, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Wowman, a woman. Because she was taken out of man. Was she a beautiful? Oh, I think she was. You know, I mean, look around. We have some pretty good looking people in here. You know, and I think about it. If Adam and Eve were just stone cold ugly, we'd have a whole lot of ugly people walking around this earth and in this room. But we don't. I think they were pretty impressive people. Because God made them. And he don't make no junk, as the old saying goes. Let's go down, verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become what? One flesh. Two, one. 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 And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. So let's look at this just a second. We go back to verse 18 and it says, I'm going to make a helper for them. Helper for him. Help for him. The Hebrew word help. You know what that word there means? Power. Power. So God just didn't make this creature to look good. He gave her power. Power to help who? Adam, he had to, yes, and he made a helper for him. So whatever they did, she was there to help. It's interesting, the Hebrew word for man is ish. So if you look ish, and the woman's Hebrew is isha, isha. She came from man. It's a feminine form of the same word. What he is, she is, basically is what it's saying. With a gender distinction. Both in God's image. That's a great story. He got a man's been looking for a woman. He didn't know he was, but he was. And now God made him one out of himself. Powerful. Powerful. So then we can finish the fairy tale when they lived happily ever after. Not hardly. Not hardly. Because there, became, there came stress in the marriage. Because God put them together. It's a marriage. I mean, God's the one that he created it, marriage. He, he invented it. He created it. He he made it happen here 6,000 years ago. Not many people argue about that. They won't argue. They say, well, no, he doesn't exist, so he never made it. But it's been around a long time. But like children getting their hand caught in a cookie jar, any of you ever had that? I did. 
Except I tried to be real smart with my mother's cookie jar because it was glass. And so if I took one, I tried to take it out of the m middle. <laughs> and then when it got down lower, I would then turn some of the cookies <laughs> upside so they would hold it up to make it look like. <sighs> I don't laugh. You can't tell me I'm the only one that ever, ever did that. I see Matthew laughing quite. All right. Yes. So I'm not alone. But they, they got caught. They got caught. And that being caught was because of sin. They sinned. Let's go to that little point in Genesis chapter 3. This is chapter 3. In verse 9, you can actually see where God says, where are you? He knew where they were. In verse 10, so he said, I heard your voice, Adam did, in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Isn't that strange? What did that old serpent reveal to them? Hmm. Hmm. Mm. So let's finish on. And I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, your fault. The blame game. That woman thou gaveth me. She did this. It's her fault. And it's your fault. Right? You gave to be with me. She gave me of the tree and I ate. In verse 13. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, Ah, uh, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Yes, the blame game. A wedge. Nobody could just come clean, could they? It was Adam's choice. He was addressed first by God. He was made first by God. It was, it was his chance to say, Yes, God, I'm sorry. I did wrong. I disobeyed. My bad. What can I do? He didn't do that, did he? It's her fault. And then it's yours for giving her to me. <laughs> did this happen before she showed up on the scene? No. But you sure were looking around for something that looked like you. And Eve... It says serpent, instead of saying, I'm sorry, God. See, in the blame game, nobody wins. That's what makes a solid marriage, isn't it? Well, I said that because you, you, you did that. I said that, but you... Well, I never would... You always... Right? Nobody wins, and God knows that. 
So why do I bring this up today? Because today, a new battle of the sexes is here in this world at this time. Because like Adam and Eve, they left God out of the picture. How easy would it have been, whether it was an apple, which probably wasn't because everybody thinks it is, or a pomegranate as the Jewish faith thinks it was, or whatever that fruit was. How easy would it have been to even take of it and say, well, let me check with God. No, I wasn't supposed to. Let me check. Huh. Left God out. As a matter of fact, it even shows the man and obviously the woman. They were away because he said, where are you? God knew where they were. But he was trying to say, you've run, haven't you? You're hiding. So I'd like to, in the time I have here this morning, to look at the evolution of the battle of the sexes because it's changed dramatically and it affects you and it affects me and it affects your children and it affects your grandchildren and it will affect the world if this thing lasts another decade. About 150 years ago a guy from Shrewsbury, England wrote a book called Origin of the Species. His name was Darwin. Charles Darwin. And Charles Darwin said that there was a God. You don't hear that today, do you? In evolution. Hmm? There was a God. He believed in God. He read it in his book. He just said that this is how God did it. And the creatures evolved. Bringing this hypothesis up. And so people brought it in. It's a different way to look at it. And then 50 years goes by, which puts us about 100 years ago. And all of a sudden, evolutionists came up with, we don't need God. And that somehow... Uh, the Big Bang and everything came together and this explosion happened and then on Earth this something in the water and this slime got together and somehow crawled up on the Earth and then man, it began to evolve. And poof! A million years later, we're here. We're us. Because we are 72, 73% water. Isn't that total proof? No. To some it is. So that was the issue a hundred years ago. That the world didn't need God. And God's out of here. God's out of the picture. But now, a hundred years later, there was something just within the last decade that changed. And it 
concerned the sanctity of marriage. And all of a sudden, 10 years ago, I, I, I give that, I give a decade, you can go back at different times, you can find it, but for the purpose of today's message, a decade ago, we accepted as a country that a man can marry a man. And a woman can marry a woman. And that's totally okay. Because why? The world has left God out of the picture. There is no sanctity of marriage. It's sanctity setting apart is what God made it. One man, one woman. Together, forever, lifetime. There we go. No. Because you see, today, that is not the case. It's not the case. We've evolved, in case you didn't know it, we have evolved in the last 10 years. Which makes me question, how much will we evolve in the next 10? We're the keepers of the gate. The gate of God. Because most people, they keep God out. We try to keep Him in the gate. In our lives. In the world. There is something now, in case you didn't know, it's popular, it's going to become even more popular. And the word is abrosexual. Abrosexual. And I can tell you, God's definitely out of this one. In case you didn't know it, there's a lot of new words. Abrosexual. Some use just the word fluid. Fluid. Yes. It's. In fact, I'll read it to you. An abrosexual according to Google, an individual that has a fluid and or rapidly changing sexuality that fluctuates between different sexes. I'm a man today. I'm a woman tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, you can just... And your sexuality changes. Now, us, we may laugh at that and think, what? lost your mind. No. No. It's being taught to your children, to your grandchildren, and it will continue to be taught. Blows my mind. It blows my mind that this could take place in America because I never grew up with Biggest thing we had to deal with was if one of our classmates was a sissy. That's what we used. He's just a sissy. He plays with the girls. Okay. No. This is, they actually have names for this because besides an abrosexual, there's a spectrosexual. Spectrosexual. 
And it's those who are romantically and sexually attracted to multiple sexes and genders at any time and anywhere. God, brethren, is definitely out of, the, out of this picture, isn't he? The battle of the sexes as we understand and we should understand now is alive and well. The swimmer, Leah Thomas, says it's a transgender. It is, he said, a female in a male's body. And won all these swimming awards. Was given awards by this country, by the sports, for, for coming out. Being the sports person of the year in various places. This is not natural. In my day, we would call, this is a freak. But today, mmm, mmm, boy, you're, you're homophobic, you're transphobic, a new word, didn't know since only 0.07% of people in the world are that way, or obviously thinking that way. He's a transgender athlete. The damage that is done cannot be repaired. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. The Olympics, the coming Olympics here has now approved for transgender athletes. What's it going to be? And Canada, just in the last few years, in case you didn't know this, but I'm sure you do, you're a Canadian, eh? That there's a Canadian woman weightlifter, powerlifter. She said she's a lady, but she's a, she says she's a female in a male's body. And so they approved for her, hit, whatever it is, <laughs> approved. See if this one gets on YouTube or not, because they don't like this, because I'm, what I'm saying is hate speech, which is just common sense. She's not so common anymore. But she, yeah, it, this power lifter, shattered all the records for any woman that had ever been doing this. Not even close. And they've accepted it. They've accepted this. To women athletes, like the one on my far left, who actually would have won her swimming events, who was All-American, looks like a female, DNA is a female, is a female, the women's athlete athletic rights 
that they fought so hard for for all these years. They're being destroyed. Because once it's allowed in various sports, it'll carry over and over, and they're afraid not to do it. Because somebody might get their feelings hurt. And so the distinction between male and female is going to be gone. I have yet to see a transgender try out for the Miami Dolphins football team. But yet, what is it doing to destroy young ladies who enjoy sports? The athletes. What have we done as a country? Brethren, what have we done? God made them male and female. We put people in jail. We send them to the electric chair because of DNA. And yet they will not accept DNA as a test to see whether someone is male or female. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that crazy? This insanity has to stop. I don't hate transgenders. Make that crystal clear. I don't hate anybody. As a matter of fact, I pity them. Because they're sick. They're sick. They're mentally ill. Mentally sick. That someone wants to go and have what God gave them surgically removed and then take drugs to make them another gender. It's sick. Yet, our government, our sports authorities, say it's okay. They leave God out of the picture. The LGBTQA plus LMNOP uh, this keeps going on and on. This movement is anti-God. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's anti-God. And it's being crammed down our children's throats. It's being crammed down our grandchildren's throats. My nieces, my great niece and nephew, who are just this small, what will it be for them? It's important that someone has standards in this world. <laughs> and it's important that we learn here that these standards for humanity is God's standards. And for thousands of years, it was never a question of male 
and female going off the reservation. Paul talks about that in Romans 1. I've, done, I've read that before. Just read chapter 1 of Romans as he addresses it. Now, I understand in Canada that man was actually been put in jail for reading that and condemning same-sex relationships. Is it coming here? I could see it. May not be this year. May not be next year. But think of evolution. That's not a good word. Never has been. But it could very well happen. And we stand in the gap. It is our responsibility for our children and grandchildren to say, it's sick. It's not right. And that we should have more influence over our families than teachers and educators. Because their purpose is to take God out. Our purpose is to leave God in people's lives. As a matter of fact, the battle of the sexes doesn't even know what sex to battle. <laughs> right? I thought about that as I was, I, was, I was writing this and I said, well, how do I describe it? They don't know. Why? Because it's fluid. And it could change at any time. With them, that's fine. With God, no. I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Marriage will be in the kingdom of God. God thought it was so good, He said what? Very good. Remember? This is not good. It's very good. But as I wrap this up today, I, I always have to turn to Christ because it's His words. It's His words that gives us purpose and meaning and it's His example. So if you will, go with me to the last scripture. Like you go with me to Matthew. Matthew 19. Uh, in verse 4, as he's answering, he's put to the test again. He hadn't said to them, have you not read? Can you imagine saying that today when somebody wanted to argue about, about transgender, about uh, uh, being home for... Can you imagine if we said, have you not read? And they got what? <laughs> read what? The Bible. What? Amen. What? So have you not read that he, who? God. Bring him in the, he's in the gate. He's in our homes. He's in our lives. He made them at the beginning, male and female. And said, verse 5, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined. It means to cleave. Cleave. Shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one. 
Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. How about, the, how about that passage? What God has given us, <laughs> you can't take it away from me. You can't take it away from us because we're God's people. And we need to make sure that we are on that wall. It may be the last wall standing before this world falls apart, but we are on that wall. Because God's called us to be on that wall. In the very beginning, God blessed them. He blesses marriage between a man and a woman. I have not yet had a call, and I expected it. Now I get a call for somebody since I'm a pastor to marry a man or a man, woman and a woman. I do remember that I was challenged on a phone call from someone in this area. Don't know if they'd be watching. But someone called me and wanted to know if they could attend our, our services with their significant other, which is just buzzword for same sex. And I said, well, sure. Yes. We're open to anyone who's wanting to worship God. Oh, that took her by surprise. Well, okay. Well, that's interesting. I said, let me ask you a question. You, you do follow the Bible? She said, well, yes, I've read it a few times. I said, so you believe what it says? hesitated and then she said well I, I think I do and I said well if you believe in the entirety of the Bible and you live by it we have no problem with you coming at all you'll fit in great because that's what we all do we have one reference the Bible and as long as as, as you live by those words why love to have you She hung up. <laughs> Brethren, it's the battle between the sexes are not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. We need to be prepared for it. How do we prepare for it? By knowing the Word of God and standing by it. For he said, God blessed them, made them male and female. And what did he say? It was very 